0: Welcome to AM Best Audio. When it comes to the world of E&S, emerging risks are its specialty. I'm John Weber for AM Best TV, and we're at the WSIA Marketplace in San Diego. We have an outstanding panel today to talk about emerging risks. They are Adrian Robinson, head of Navigators Global Specialty; Mike Soper, West Regional Executive, AXA. Sabrina Hart, President and CEO, Munich Re-Specialty, and David Blades, Associate Director, AM Best, And Adrian, let's kick things off with you today. What are the top emerging risks that the ENS sector faces?
1: Well, uh, by the way, good afternoon. Thanks for having us here, John, today. Uh, what a great question, by the way, and apt, given that uh, we are here at the Wholesale uh, Insurance Association Conference, where we handle a lot of complex risk. Um, I would step back and think about two broad categories. Um, One would be uh, global climate change, and the other would be technology. And it's really the pace of change uh, within those two areas, the the change of trend, which is really driving a lot of new and emerging exposures. Um, It might seem uh, perhaps unique that I would say property insurance is an emerging risk, um, but the reality is uh, a lot of the trends are changing dynamically around us. A lot of that business, really post-Hurricane Ian, um, has now made its way into the specialty lines market, um, and it is a very dynamic marketplace for us. We could probably all cite statistics around how the frequency and severity in storms are dramatically increasing. 2023 already being a record year for severe convective storms. So I would say number one risk would be the property insurance marketplace that um, was was really in jeopardy last year, but uh, the wholesale uh, marketplace is really coming into play there. From a technology standpoint, it's really the same underlying trend. We're talking about exposures that are new and changing dramatically. I would some cite something like artificial intelligence, um, generative AI. If you go back to perhaps only January of 2023, John, uh, and you ask maybe even a technologist, have you heard of chat GTP or have you heard of artificial intelligence? I think most of them would tell you that they probably haven't. So I think those two dynamic trend factors, climate change and new and emerging technologies are really what's, uh, what's emerging in the industry.
2: Hey John, I'd like to um, add an addition to the points Adrian made. Um, certainly, top of top of mind, more traditional emerging risks, but. You know, as I thought about the emerging risk in our industry, I really think there's an underlying risk that we've been talking about for some time, so perhaps not emerging, but certainly evolving, and that's around talent. All the things that Adrian just talked about are going to take some really smart and bright people to help us figure out as an industry. And I feel like as collective industry, we have an opportunity to really further promote the brand. Um, as a career choice for folks. And the reason I think um, that the urgency is really upon us is if you look at some of the stats, we've been talking about this for some time, right? Um, But if you look at the stats, they're really not, it doesn't seem we're evolving quite as quickly as we'd like. I think I recently read 25% of our industry colleagues are less than 35 years old. 50% could retire by 2028, that's five short years. Um, and then as we think about folks coming into the industry, only less than 5% of them really cite insurance as a career choice. So I really think collectively we have some opportunity to focus on that to help us solve a lot of these technical problems because we're actually hiring very different skill sets today than we were, and we're going to need even different skill sets in the future than we've had.
3: Yeah, I, I would just like to add, Sabrina, great point. Um, you know, from an, from an industry standpoint, talent-wise, if you think about, think about just bringing up cyber for an example, right, there's a hundred carriers that write cyber insurance now, and 25% of them are new the last one or two years. And to get talent in that realm, in that product, is really hard to get. So we need to, we need to do, as, a better, as an industry, a better job of, of attracting talent, getting the younger generation into our industries.
4: Right, and and just to follow up on the points that Brad was making, when you're thinking about these new, um, emerging and evolving risks, and what's going to need, you know, what we're going to need as an industry to be able to get your hands around them and and create the solutions, you're talking about those younger data scientists and and people along those lines who are bringing those types of skills, those skills that can truly uh, help address uh, the type of risks that are involved with, you know, the emerging technologies and generative AI, all those types of things. So. Uh, you know, Sabrina said bringing them in and then cultivating that talent, providing the resources to that talent to help cultivate them so that they s- stay in the industry. So attracting them to the industry, but also providing the resources in to help them stay and, and to help g- generate those people that can be sitting here on a panel like this you know, 20, 30 years later and, and have put that, you know, all that effort into the industry to help solve and, and address these emerging risks.
0: Sabrina, do you think the ENS sector is better equipped to handle emerging risks than the standard market?
2: So, um, so John, I guess a simple answer would be absolutely, right? And the ENS market has a reputation, I think, of being innovative and experimenting with new ideas. Um, so certainly I think we're better equipped as an ENS industry. And a lot of that is driven by, you know, the, the um, um, entry cost. And, and exit candidly, costs are pretty low. Um, you know, easy to enter market, easy to address it as an ENS player. Um, and of course we know the freedom of rate and form certainly supports that. So I think you'll continue to see innovation coming out of the ENS market.
0: Mike, how are emerging technologies going to address emerging
3: risks? Well, we're and and thanks for having us. By the way, John, this is we're very appreciative of this. Um, when, when I think about the, the evolution of technologies, I think about AI, generative AI. I think about social media. I think about you know the last few years on how rapidly the changing environment is, and exactly what Sabrina said. You know, we got to bring more talent into the industry. I mean, there's no historical data. We're lacking a lot of historical data that just, it's evolving year after year. So from a talent perspective, we just need to be ahead of the game and a conference like this is where you find solutions.
1: John, I just would add to that, I think there's an adjunct to technology which is data and analytics. Um, so we're all capturing a lot of data now. I think there's a really a big opportunity to use that data, use the analytics to help solve some of these emerging risks. Um, you know, there's a statistic that's cited every couple of years, which is um, something like 80% of the world's big data has been collected in the last 18 months. So that number doubles every 18 months. Um, So, again, I think there's a a lot of promise in there for us to use capturing of more data. Many of our insureds have sensors now in all different parts of their buildings, in their cars. Um, And so I think there's a promise of using that technology along with the data and analytics, the data science that, that we mentioned earlier, to help solve some of these novel risk issues going forward.
2: And, John, I would just add on when we think about the analytics side, of course, you know, the optimist in us thinks all about the additional Um, insights we're going to have around risk selection and you know capacity management, um, submission ingestion just to handle the flow of activity, but I think there's a tremendous efficiency play Um, and I think as an industry we've got to get more efficient on the transaction so I mentioned um, submission ingestion, I think you know just the influx of, of submissions into the ENS market is overwhelming candidly, it's a great problem to have but as an industry, I think solving that around efficiency, and I think AI and machine learning is gonna be a big help to driving more efficiency into our models.
4: You know, and it's funny, you know, Sabrina mentions that, that's something that we've heard um, our rated insurers, when we talk to them about the different things that they're focused on and trying to address, a lot of that has come back to, like you said, with the submission flow in the, in the surplus lines uh, market these last few years, that's been you know, top of the mind you know, in terms of a number of the rated insurers that we talk about, in terms of their ability to really be able to handle that efficiently, to get to the risks that they want, you know, as they, as they assess them, and to be able to service those risks effectively. So I think that's, you know, it's a perfect point, and I think it's, it, you know, there should be more resources really directed to that now, because as we've seen, it's, it's ver- a very important aspect of addressing you know, whether it's the emerging or evolving risk, or just the submission flow and the opportunities that are available uh, for sur- in the surplus lines market at current.
0: David, are there regulatory concerns when it comes to emerging risks?
4: Well, I think with, definitely with some emerging risks, I, I guess, you know, thinking about that question, um, I think of, you know, let's say the cannabis industry and, and the solutions that uh, are being provided for cannabis-related businesses. Obviously, you know, cannabis still being a, a Schedule One drug, you know, from a federal perspective, it has, you know, limited the overall market uh, of companies that can, you know, provide solutions for them, because, again, you know you know the cannabis related businesses can't really uh, access financial institutions in the same way that they might want to or be able to if they weren't schedule if cannabis wasn't a schedule one drug and then that precludes or that constricts the available market uh, from the standpoint of the insurers that will get involved with providing solutions uh, in that marketplace. So, you know, from that perspective, I think definitely uh, we're seeing, you know, regulatory uh, or the regulatory world having some impact uh, on emerging risks. I think even with some societal uh, and environmental related risks, again, you can see um, they're they're definitely Regulatory constraints, or just regulatory hurdles that you have to go through, and that insurers and, and, and even distributors that are bringing those risks to the insurers have to deal with or have to keep uh, in mind in terms of trying to address those types of uh, risks. So I, I definitely think there are particular cases and, and particular risks that are impacted from the standpoint of, of you know regulatory concerns, and I think as as we can get past those, as you know. Organizations like WSIA, which does a lot of work in Washington, you know, obviously trying to you know, make things clearer or, or smoother for, for the industry and make things you know, easier, whether it's for the companies and for, on the distribution side. I think more efforts like that and, and continue concerted efforts and, uh, like that can help uh, smooth the path. Uh, for for insurers to be able to provide solutions uh, for some of these emerging and evolving risks.
3: Yeah, w- and and great points. W- w- when I think about regulatory, I think about cyber. Cyber comes to mind like very, very instantly. Uh, in a sense that when I when I think about fifteen, twenty years ago, a single s- smaller cyber event. Now with cyber, it's all about catastrophic events. I mean, we heard heard the news in Nevada last week, which was kind of unfortunate, but. Um, the, the, the talent, like Sabrina mentioned earlier, is we, we need talent in the industry. And from a regulatory standpoint, um, it, there needs to be a broader picture about cyber. It's, it's just the evolution. It's not emerging. It's evolving. It's just a lot different than it was when we started years
4: ago.
2: You know, John, I might add too, I think with kind of the continued uncertainty and secondary perils now being primary perils, I think there's a renewed interest really around resiliency. And I see actually the coming together of kind of the industry and also Um, you know, regulators or municipalities, a lot of focus on creating a lot more resiliency in communities uh, because we still have a lot of property development going on across the country um, that still doesn't have proper land use permits or proper building codes. And we know that a lot of this stuff works, right? You know, stronger building codes, land use permitting. So I'm really, I'm encouraged to see kind of the collaboration and the interest around resiliency from the industry as well as actually a pull from regulators or um, governmental agencies.
1: Yeah, John, if I could add anything to that tremendous commentary already um, on regulation. What's interesting to me is that um, regulation, both under-regulation and, and over-regulation both create different risks at the end of the spectrum. So I'll give you two examples. Uh, one would be highly regulated environmental substances. So per-flow ac- per alkali substances. Um, they've been around for a long time. There's new regulations that have been coming out quite a bit over the last half decade. These are chemicals that and substances that have been used in manufacturing since the 1950s. Uh, developed in the 1930s, became widely used in the 1950s, yet that's just becoming an emerging trend in our society today, right, called the forever chemicals. And at the other end of the spectrum, I would add, um, we talked about artificial in- intelligence and generative AI. That is evolving without in a framework without any regulation at all, right, and that presents a complete Completely different paradigm for risk um, for us to assess. So I think that's an interesting paradigm from my perspective.
0: Well, what a great discussion today! I want to thank you all, Adrian, Mike, Sabrina, David. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. Thank you, you, John, for having us. Thank you. And from WSIA Marketplace in San Diego, I'm John Weber for AM Best TV.